saying before we turn the recorder on i it's just so hard sometimes to get out of your own fucking way you know what i mean and it's just mentally taxing to me at some points like i know we're late on releasing a premium episode and we'll eventually make up for that yeah but that automatically spins me the fuck out and like automatically i feel like everybody's gonna start hating you and i know that's my own fucking isms in my head and well, stuff that's, but that's it's like, anxiety yeah. honestly uh, because oh, I, I i'm very rigid on my schedule time wise when it comes to professional things yeah like when it go, comes to getting to work like i'll leave and i'll allow myself at least 15 20 minutes like my the time i intend to arrive at work is about 15 or 20 minutes before I'm supposed to start because yeah. otherwise I get anxious. Oh, yeah. It just bothers me. I and give I myself think, half an hour, 45 minutes. I'm that anxious and I'm two I mean, hours from work. So I think that is, that just shows you that you're actually concerned and you care about the, whatever it is that you're worried about. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you didn't give a shit at all, you wouldn't get worked up about it. I feel like that would be easier sometimes. I, not I feel like, shit. yeah, I mean, not to sound all cliche, but it, it's in the same wheelhouse as ignorance is bliss. Like not giving a fuck would be a lot easier. Well, I mean, that that's why I think there's a lot of social things, for instance, that I'm very apathetic or just unconcerned about because yeah. there's enough bad and negative in the world that i think any one of us if we pay too much of attention to it would it would be crippling like it would provide it would be too much yeah so you have to i mean that's part of your boundaries man you have to have healthy boundaries yeah yeah i uh i don't know i'm a broken vessel still trying to find some sort of uh fucking zen in this world that's insane you know well i um i certainly struggle with it daily i think that's part of the being alive thing that we have to work with could you imagine not having the uh duality anxiety depression fucking poison running through your head though i mean i I honestly don't think that i would be half the person that i am yeah. If I didn't have to combat it. That's true. I mean, what you are comes from the trials and everything, but God, could you imagine how, quote, easier life would be? That's not true either, because if you kill a terrorist, there's always going to be a new terrorist to roll in. If you kill anxiety and depression, there's going to be something else to fret over, you know? 
yeah, I mean, there's going to be, um, I don't know, physiological issues or concerns. Or, Lattes you know, and lawyers in L.A. rolling yeah. into the ocean and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was right with you on that. Um, you know, a lot of what I think we stress about as people is irrelevant. But when it comes to um, like what we're doing here, we're trying to to provide insight and, and a professional, um, you know, a thing. We're trying to be creative. We're trying to create things that may influence other people. Yeah. You know that that's a little more important. So it's it's not it's it's bad health wise, but it's not bad that you're getting anxious about it because what it shows about your concern level for it. I don't know if it is bad health wise in the short term. It feels like it in the long term, you can see it for what it is. And it's a cathartic thing to be pissed off. I mean, if you stay complacent to everything, you're getting nowhere. You're just going to spin your fucking wheels forever. Well, and, and, um, you know, I think fluid, it, the the more disturbed it is, the faster Jesus it flows. Christ. What? I started the Reddit crawl. There's oh, a, shit. Oh, my God. Did you ever see Comedy Heaven? It's some of the worst Reddit shit ever. I'm just, I know you're on a handheld right now, so you can't look at shit. But, yeah. Uh, it's a clickbait article, and it's got young Lindsay Lohan and young Macaulay Culkin, and the headline says, you're going to shit your pants and kill your roommate when you see what these child stars look like now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fucking headline that I would bite on. <laughs> yeah, I would check that out. You're going to shit your pants and kill your roommate when you see what these child stores look like now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. It's definitely sensational. <laughs> I just, God, I, I just feel so spun out lately. No, I get it. I've, uh, I've been spun out myself a lot. It took me a month to make good on something I promised three weeks ago today as well, far as releasing the second episode of the variance engine that I've been also, working on. You're also slicing your fucking soul open with that. And I haven't heard one complaint over it from the people I, that have actually been listening to it. I haven't so. either, but it, in a sense, it kind of concerns me. Um, because I haven't really – well, I guess I have had people listen to it that don't really know me yeah. that well anymore. And um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of anxious when it gets into the wild to people yeah. that don't know me at all, that couldn't pick me out of a lineup. You know what I mean? I think – I don't think you have a thing to worry about there besides the normal – fucking transphobic cock ass dickheads out there. <laughs> the fucking, no, I got you. I got you. I love okay. using problematic terminology to try. 
I'm just such a fucking caveman with my brain, you know? Well, I, <laughs> it happens. It does. <laughs> but I mean, um, it, it, it doesn't offend me. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Well, you know how I am. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just my mouth. Um, I just... I don't know. I... I need to change the subject. Um, okay. That so, works. so I don't know if anybody on this feed is going to care, but I actually, uh, I took a big step towards the next project we're going to start this week and bought rule books for the Call of Cthulhu Mythos uh, RPG pen and paper game. I really want to start an RPG game. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to it, actually. I have the Investigator's Handbook sitting on my desk. I mean, I, I feel like we kind of alluded to that before. That There it is, all spelled out. Uh, we're really going to fucking dorkify our podcast well, <laughs> network. I, but Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that's... We're not approaching a, a game that is as fantasy as... Dungeons and Dragons. D&D. See, I could... The good thing about this, and since I'm going to have to write the scenarios and stuff, I have some ideas. I really don't want to reveal my hand at all. But, like, it doesn't have to be the 1920s. Or it could... You know, we're talking with the Lovecraft uh, aspect of it. It could be modern time. It could be fucking anything. And it's just X-Files like shit, you know? So, and I think I have to wonder, you know, on a, um, like a, a meta level, if that wasn't part of where the Chris Carter, it was Chris Carter, wasn't it? For X-Files. Yeah. yeah. I I wonder if that wasn't where he drew, like he drew a lot of his inspiration because there's, there was some shit. In some of those X Files episodes, that was in the earlier seasons, especially, that was just cosmic, you know. Well, I mean, Lovecraft horror. was early 1900s. The Call of Cthulhu pen and paper was 1980. It was when that started, so it's very possible he was inspired by both, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it's hard. It's hard to write anything in the horror genre and not be partially inspired by Lovecraft. Well, and, and here's um, my interpretation on that. And it really, he summed it up himself metaphorically in the fact that like some of these elder God alien creatures Mm -hmm. that, that he was writing about were more existent, pre-human they oh, exist yeah. outside of and the even the most horrific thoughts that we can create are maybe just recognition of these things that exist yeah kind of like a heisenberg's uncertainty principle we yeah. are we're thinking of them and it's doing you know we're paying attention to them and even just enough or that, or like uh Neil Gaiman's American Gods and the gods getting their power by the belief in them, you know? Oh, okay. See, I I'd never you, really followed what that was. You should read that book. I think you'd dig that. That would probably be something that would keep my interest. One of the main characters turns out to be Odin, 
And okay, that's cool. You, you don't figure that out for a while, but um, basically, a lot of the premise of the book is gods in any iteration are basically from the same materials and they get their power via belief and you know maybe lovecraft created cthulhu through his brain but his belief and the subsequent mythos belief has actually hey guess what you uh you created this but it was already there and you're giving it power yeah the only the only um thing that we've been doing since he had been groundbreaking and writing about it is just been feeding it more power it's existed since before time did yeah it's just now that we have recognized it and have been afraid of it it grows oh and not to get too crazy meta with this but like i i don't really know a lot about where he got the uh inspiration and all that but Mm -hmm. Like, we still yeah, don't really know what dreams are, you know? <laughs> well, no, we don't. And that's that's the interesting thing that I've really been um, I've really been studying, I guess, with the other project that I've been working on yeah. is um, the importance of the symbolism in the dreamscape and the things that we actually do and pay attention to in our own dreamscape. Yeah. Like um, the genre for the novel that I was actually writing of the Variance Engine was going to be called it was it was dream punk. It was um, kind of like steampunk, but yeah. it was really heavily based in our understanding of psychology and the dreamscape and Carl Jung and Freud and like, you know, really pushing the boundaries of what we understand about our own selves, our own machine. Yeah. And um you know, I think I think a lot of this fringe stuff, and I don't want to say fringe because H.P. Lovecraft is, is pretty common now. Sure, but, but I know what you're saying. A lot that... of this stuff on the fringe of our understanding yeah. is, is very vital for us to focus more on so that we can push our own understanding of ourselves and others. Yeah. Because the... The more that we, uh, you know, the more that we study it, the more we push and see, um, you know, the more we study it, the more we'll know, uh, you know, 100 years from now, even. Here's hoping. Here's hoping it matters. Maybe uh, they'll reanimate all of us in some uh, Judgment Day-esque thing at the end. Wouldn't that be some shit? What if the apocalypse is real? And, like, when the rapture happens, all the corpses come back to life, like they say in Revelations, and we go and fight the devil. <laughs> and it's like, oh, good God, this was real. Well, if, like, the rapture comes and all the good little Christians get sucked up through the sky, like in fucking the Gojira video for Silvera, they just Fuck go, yeah. wee. Yeah. Gojira. I need some <laughs> new Gojira right now. Yeah, me too. I just thought that was an interesting visual for um, whatever the hell was going on in that video. I still don't know. And I love that video. Um, also, last week, 
I touched base on, um, God, I got to shut Reddit. I'm looking through these pictures I sent you last week, and um, I kind of still want to touch on toxic fandom. And uh, in particular, like, Rick and Morty fans, while not all of them, there's some real fucking shitty fans that Justin Roiland and uh, Dan Harmon think are ridiculous. Yeah. So there's a video in particular of this guy fucking freaking out. For anybody that doesn't watch the show, they make reference to a Szechuan sauce that was a McDonald's tie-in to uh, the Mulan Disney movie. And they just make a random mention of that and mcdonald's is like well we still have the recipe we could make some more and then they made this szechuan sauce and then all the fucking basement dwelling neck beards came out and <laughs> this one this one sorry that was a little bit of a delayed laugh but i was hitting my vape you were hitting the vape that. i was afraid <laughs> you were gonna choke <laughs> this this one in particular um he jumps up on the counter at McDonald's and he's screaming, I want my Szechuan sauce. And then literally is just screeching. Re, re, re. Like, like a pig. Like a pig. Or like mankind from WWE. Mankind from WWE. Yeah. Or, um, at any rate, like I'm so fucking irony poisoned at this point. I can't tell if it's a bit, I, I, I don't think it is. This kid just seems so steadfast with it. And then he Naruto runs away and it's like, yeah. I hate you and, just on and, principle. <laughs> well, and, and honestly, like if we take that and we examine it and, and a little bit deeper, like what is it with um, reality for people that they have to disassociate so heavily from it? Yeah, because I mean that. Like, and I mean, without... he's, he succeeded because here it is two years later. I'm talking about it on a fucking podcast. So like he succeeded and he's immortalized himself on YouTube. And yeah, kind of like the kid that was Naruto running past the camera in the Area 51 raid. I already forgot about his there. idiot ass. <laughs> well, I saw today a different meme with that kid really so like yeah oh yeah so it's just being um it's part of the meme factory now of the internet yeah oh yeah and uh god i I mean i understand that like some thoughts and some concepts are best explained in metaphor and parable yeah memes memes and and this toxic emulation of, of of fandom it's 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 just a bad bad way of doing it i just clicked on the one that it was a web p so i had to download it i couldn't remember what it was and it's sonic in front of the rebel flag saying sonic says the south will rise again oh god <laughs> no right <laughs> and, and like 
that well is so fucking deep. If you want to examine like toxic fandom, you need to look no further than deviantart.com. Yeah, um, I agree. And like, it gets so deep that it loses any relevance to reality. It just it's a meme that builds into another meme. And like we're, you know, three inception level levels deep on some of these memes that are hitting like what would be considered mainstream consumption. Yeah. And there's no relevance to any reality outside of the meme hole that the people were in when, you know, they got the reference. I feel like memes are low intellect bullshit, but me describing them is even worse. But this bears needing to be discussed. It's a picture of uh, Simba and Nala, but they're colored like Sonic and Amy from Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, God. And it says Eggman might have turned us into Lion in a different dimension, but he has not stopped us yet. Like, who is this for? Because I'm not going to kink shame, all right? Yeah, this no, I get it. This, this isn't for furries. This isn't for Disney fans. This isn't for Sonic fans. This isn't for... And it looks like, oh, my God. It has to be satire. Because he's got an Israeli Star of David on his fucking shoulder, I just noticed, too. Holy shit. Like, there, like I said, there has to be some... Is it symbolism? Like, is it secret there's... coded messages? I'm just too dumb to get anymore, because... Well, okay, here's... what's the correlation between Sonic Simba, Israel, uh... Amy, Nala, they're floating in the air. I didn't mention that, but they're literally standing in the sky for some fucking reason. Uh, Was Amy pointing to her wrist with a communication device on it? No. I mean, is it it a Congo reference from the 90s movie? (laughs) That's a deep cut. Nobody's going (laughs) to know what the fuck that is. Well, and I mean, we're... Right now, we're we're trying to analyze a a thing that we have no real clue about because we're not part of the community. Yeah. And I don't even know sometimes that the community that some of this kind of stuff takes place in really understands all of it. Like there's no doctor in sonic memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, de- it's definitely one of those things like I thought we are I, creating now. I was taking more... that too literally at first and I was about to shoot you down and be like, well, um, actually, Dr. Robotnik, who goes by Eggman now, is a doctor. So <laughs> shut your mouth if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I have the giggle farts right now. That was funny. Gotta love it. Um, but. but like we are now to a point where supposedly we have the most literate amount of people on the planet where there's the most amount of people on the planet. We're creating the most amount of things also in history that yeah, uh, in I'm... our recorded timeline. And a lot of this stuff, and I know we've approached this before is garbage. It's bullshit. And but I, I in mean, the I'm... same sense, let me say this, the, the um, average internet user is definitely getting younger and younger there too. 
So for all I know, this is a prized possession of some eight-year-old or something. I don't know. It's probably I'm, not. It's a 40-year-old sure. virgin in the basement of their mom's house. But I'm sure that there's still a hand turkey that I've created. Sorry, I just yawned. I'm sure there's a hand turkey that I created in elementary school still floating around mom's house. But yeah. That relevancy wise to the even a community of hand turkeys is going to be rudimentary it's going to be simple you know what i mean i think and and now maybe this this sounds like i'm being an elitist but if people aren't pushing their own boundaries or trying to push the boundaries in that which they work like they're they're just kind of spinning their wheels yeah absolutely um uh, a similar topic um when des first started bringing stuff home from school we were like saving everything and then there comes a point when you realize hey man half of this is just banal bullshit or just bad or yeah. he didn't put any effort into this or whatever i've got a pile above my desk of stuff that i'm gonna keep forever but most of it it's like math homework trash this is trash i don't ever need to see this again this is yeah. trash. you know i mean but, like um, even like but the internet just seems like a receptacle for everybody's trash to just hit the fucking world everybody's trying to be famous everybody's trying to make their mark and a lot of them shouldn't and now i sound like i'm snowflake shaming and that's not the case because i really do feel like everybody is special in their own little way yes i really do but you have to fucking work for that well and, and you're if not you're just not giving... pushing your own self like I know that everybody has their own plate full of shit that they have to combat every day. Yeah. I have my own, and it some days it is crippling. Yeah. I get that. But if, if they aren't pushing their boundaries artistically, like maybe that, that uh, Simba and Nala thing, that maybe that did push somebody's boundaries artistically. Yeah, or autistically. Well, it could be. It could. Yeah, I, I see, mean, I said it jokingly, but I mean, that could be. No, I mean, honestly, it could kids be. thing, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, that could be very essential in, um, you know, keeping that person out of the communication fog that a lot of people, you know, atypical neurological people deal with. Um. You know, that's why I, I kind of prefaced it with myself not wanting to sound like an elitist asshole in a yeah. sense. Um, but like there there has to be a certain amount of um, interpretation or prefacing some of the stuff that, that goes on the Internet, because if we're to extrapolate relevance. Like it's no wonder why some people um, receive a lot of negative feedback oh yeah from stuff because yeah like I there's agree. just some stuff that 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 makes 
it's so far out of the realm of what people are perceiving that it makes no sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I tried uh, to say that without being being an asshole. No, and now let me uh, let me be the asshole. Let me be the counterpoint. I feel like the bar has been lowered socially. <laughs> and yes, I agree. The, the bar has been lowered socially, and everybody can have a fucking YouTube account. And everybody has a Facebook, and everybody has their own thing. And I'm a goddamn hypocrite saying this because guess what? Everybody can have a fucking podcast. It's not hard, folks. Fifteen dollars a month, you can host yeah. your own podcast, get yourself a fifty dollar mic, and you can just throw whatever the fuck stupid shit you want to say on the internet on the internet forever. But People need to push themselves harder, you know? Yes, and I think a lot of things is, like, we're we're still giving out participation ribbons to everybody. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like anarchy being the mother of order. That's very conservative of you to say. What? <laughs> participation ribbons for everybody? Yeah, fuck your participation ribbons, y'all. Well, and that's why I was leading forward with anarchy. Yeah. Because um, anarchy in in the world will allow the ones who, say, decide they want a YouTube channel. Yeah. Everybody can do it. Give everybody, you know, the opportunity. There's going to be so many people who do it, and so many of those people are going to fail at it. Or yeah. some of those people are going to just have fun doing it and not care about success out of it. And then there's going to be assholes uh, and I'm not going to fucking I'm not going to dox anybody right now. But then there's going to be assholes that that make a living out of it for producing garbage. Yeah. Logan Paul. Well, PewDiePie. <laughs> there's just people out there <laughs> that do not provide anything other than. And now I'm sounding like an elitist asshole again. We just are elitist mindless, assholes in our own way. You just know? mindless entertainment. Like, there is a certain amount to be said about mindless self-indulgence. I mean, fuck, we used one of their songs. As for, the very first episode? As the very first episode. Yeah. But yeah. that but, mindless mean, self-indulgence is just that. It should stay self-indulgent. Exactly. It should, sell, it should stay self-indulgent and not poison the, the well of the community yeah. of people who are consuming – like myself, that's why I'm so selective on what I watch, what I read, what I try to pay attention to, because all the things that I take into me influence me. And if there's a whole bunch of garbage around me, I'm going to – You're going to start expelling garbage. Well, I'm going to start feeling it or it's going to start pissing me off or you know what I mean? Like I think people have to be significantly more – attentive to what they're giving their time and focus to but the problem there is we're not judge jury and executioner we're not no. we're not and here to tell you that your art is trash you are not here to tell you that logan paul and pewdiepie don't have any artistic merit although i can't see it um, no it's our goal to tell you that all art is trash 
And yeah, I think Dolly would have told you that. I think Van Gogh would have told you that. I mean, it's like, this is my self-expression. And And who gives a shit? (laughs) I guess there, there is the... The flip side of the coin, the opposite end of what we just said, the hypocrisy in the human kind is, you know, we had just said that mindless self-indulgence in itself should stay to itself. But if creating is satisfactory to one and then other people enjoy it, that's going to motivate somebody to continue to create. So art art is, is honestly based off of. The, the community people that, that know it's created in. Well, yeah, the people that know it's trash and do it anyway. I and mean, still enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, anything is trash if you continue it. Everything enough, is you know? trash. Yeah, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Everything, everything is trash. And the... Uh, <sighs> The episode art is the Van Gogh picture of oh, a skeleton screen. smoking a cigarette. I, w- yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> that'll work. Yeah, works for me. Um, well, that's that's settled. Um, <laughs> I just, it's hard not to have a nihilistic mentality. With I agree. I do agree uh, but, with but I mean, I'm talking to pretty much my doppelganger. I yeah. feel like we came from a lot of the same fucking background because we grew up together and we have a lot of the same imprinting and we have a lot of the same experiences and shit, at least for the first 20 years, you know? And Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, those critical years of development really, really shape a person's disposition in life moving forward. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, God, I'm looking through. Oh, I totally found that picture too. And it was Van Gogh. I was right. Good shit. Yeah. I think that's definitely going to be a good throw to, uh, it's, uh, also the cover of a David Sedaris book called When You're Engulfed in Flames. No shit. Yeah. So that might be worth the read, just on the picture usage alone. David Sedaris is the brother of Amy Sedaris. That's interesting. Who is? Um, She's a actress. You'd probably know her to see her. Uh, she plays Princess Carolyn on BoJack. I think she, I think she got her big hit in Strangers with Candy. I don't know. You'd probably know her to see her. She's in a ton of shit. Probably. Oh my God! Somebody made a mosaic of this picture I'm talking about with wood cubes. That's cool. I'm That's gonna, really cool, actually. I'm going to save it and send it to you for when we're off the phone so you can look at it. Okay. Because it's pretty fucking radical. Radical. Rad- cool, rad, and hot. But see, and and I know, um, like, I talk about psychological frameworks and belief systems and all that shit a lot in my other show. Yeah. But that's something I think is very relevant right now here in this conversation as well is, um, you know, with our nihilistic disposition, I think 
it really, really takes a lot of the enthusiasm and the euphoria that some people find in some of the things that we may think are minimalistic or, or just silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are people, um, and I'm not going to beat up on Christians right now. I just don't have it in me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. Uh, yeah, I always do. But there, I mean, there is, um, you know, there, there are people who find solace and satisfaction in reading books or writing books or, or eating crayons or eating paste or, you know, there's so many things that people do that there's little like groups. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I guess it's all in the framework that you utilize for your enjoyment because I don't know, a, a Buddhist is going to approach things differently than a Christian. Sure. A person who is Republican is going to approach things differently than a Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I would have something a lot more profound to say about this than what I Yeah, just I was did. trying to riff off of that too, but holy shit. This skeleton picture I'm talking about, it looks like literally – have you ever seen the famous Van Gogh self-portrait? Yes. It literally looks like he put a cigarette in his mouth in the self-portrait and then just let himself rot away, and now he's – it looks like a second self-portrait like 100 years later or something. That is cool as fuck. I didn't really ever realize that. That is actually really, really cool. Wow. And Sometimes you know, art is cool, y'all. <laughs> well, I, I'm, and that's the framework that I'm talking about, the, the perspective. And I guess that's something that's all individually based in the person, the subjective experience. Yeah. Because there's only so much objectively that we can observe that everyone agrees on. I mean, even aspects of the scientific um, communities want to argue about the way that shit runs downhill. Ain't that the truth? Shit runs downhill, y'all. I mean, we still have really big debates on climate change and – oh, you did send me the photo. I oh, didn't... dude, that is awesome. I didn't need you looking at it now, but that that's his self-portrait and then the skeleton I've been talking about. But it literally looks like a before and after picture. I never fucking realized that. Yeah, Mr. Skelly with a doobie in his mouth, I think, should be the... Uh, oh, it is. Everything is trash. Everything is trash. No, is certainly. Garbage. <laughs> everything is trash. I don't know. We read rubbish. trash was one of our rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. Everything is fucking rubbish. <laughs> yes. Uh, Maybe we should just call it the rubbish sode. Rubbish. Just or the pound rhubarb. rubbish. Pound rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're getting about to episode length. Did you have okay. any? Final thoughts or pound rubbish? No, pound, um, pound rubbish up your ass. 
I mean, I, I definitely would um, need to outline a little bit better for a more coherent conversation on perception, perspective, frameworks, how they change things, all that. Um, sure, for but for a little episode. bit, yeah, for a little bit of a man behind the curtain thing, you're at work again, and we're fighting that schedule, trying to always bring content at any rate we would like to continue the content because I mean, our viewership seems pretty stable, Yeah, I, but I I'd mean, love are, to keep it that way and make it better, you know, obviously. And I think that, that, you know, reflects back to what we were talking about earlier. The fact that we are both personally taking it, um, internally if we're missing deadlines and stuff. Oh yeah. It, so, it, it's like, slicing me dude i hate it i yeah. fucking all weekend was like is there any way i could do it over the weekend and it's like there's just no fucking feasible way when you're working 12 hour shifts and then driving back and forth and... i get it i put in 60 70 hours a week a lot of times and it's it's awkward um awkward times of the day a lot mm -hmm. of times i work a first shift a third shift and then a second shift you know, all varied. I work all three shifts all throughout the week. So, um, that's some bullshit, up, by the way, my ups and downs, it's part of the job. I um, know. And I mean, I know that's not an excuse for how ravaging it is to my schedule, my yeah. personal life schedule. Yeah. But, um, you know, I guess eventually it will be enough for me to need more stability in my life to leave this job yeah hopefully it comes from our listenership at patreon.com forward slash problematic cast yeah and also like get the word out like tell Please. your friends at least the free episodes because the more viewers the more viewers are like willing to drop it's five dollars a month for the premiums and with the exception of last week which my big excuse for last week was we had we have five weeks in October, so that's the only time we'll miss for a while, you know? And it was because it was the odd week. Well, I, and, you know, that that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll make up for it. There's, there's plenty of content coming to our Patreon that it's going to be well worth it here soon. And um, I don't know, it's going to be constantly evolving for a while but get the word out get on get in on the ground floor of this because we are not stopping soon nope we want to pound sure sand up all your asses yeah but <laughs> here's the thing don't wipe the butter off your lips when you're telling people about us really sell us hard yeah. lube it up <laughs> tell them to uh breathe rubbish breathe rubbish breathe dirt Fucking fuck Everything is <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you next time. Later.